0: Okay, so as I mentioned, as I was younger in parochial school, I would hear this reading um, about uh, the vine and our Lord describing himself as the true vine, and I guess I never really got it, um, because it wasn't until years later that reading the church fathers and listening to my instructors in seminary, that it became much more fuller. You see, this symbolism is very powerful. I don't think of a vine much about anything. But, you know, a vine, in the symbolism of this is is crucial. All right. A branch depends on a vine. The church fathers say even more than a sheep does his shepherd or a child his father. Wow, I bet you never thought of that. I didn't until I read the church fathers. A branch depends on its vine more than a sheep, his shepherd, or a child, his father. And we know how much our Lord talks about the shepherd and the father. And here this branch depends more on a vine. Jeremiah said that God had planted Israel as his choice vine. That's Jeremiah 2. There was much connection with the vine. Uh, In fact, the coin of the Maccabees had a vine on it. And if you went to the temple, there was a golden vine in front of the temple. So the vine had become a symbol of the nation of Israel. But they thought it was because they gave life to the world. The Jews themselves. They thought they were all in all. But now Israel, as yes, the vine that God planted in the promised land, is now being replaced by Jesus. This is why they hated Jesus. Jesus calls himself now the true vine, meaning that no one can grow unless they are attached to him. All right. So while the vine was a symbol of Israel as a nation, as I just said, it was also, though, surprisingly used in Scripture as a sign of degradation, a deformed state of spiritual growth and moral decline. Now, how can that be, Father? You just said that it gave life. Now you're saying it could be a sign of moral decay. Yes, Isaiah had a prophecy that spoke of Israel as a vineyard which would end up going astray and yielding not good grapes, but wild grapes. That's Isaiah 5. Jeremiah weighed in on this and said Israel had become a degenerate and wild vine. That's Jeremiah 2. So being from Israel, the Jews all thought they were automatically saved. They were sons of Abraham. And now Jesus is saying, no, being from Israel doesn't make you automatically attached to the vine. I'm the vine. You have to be attached to me, the true vine of God. So this is who Christ is. Now the fact that you are a Jew, he's saying will not save you. Just like we are as a member of the church will not automatically save us. I'm going to be doing a talk this Saturday, invite all of you to join us. It's going to tackle that famous question, is there salvation outside of the Catholic Church? Can non-Catholics be saved? The answer is yes and no. So it's very interesting. You have to qualify it. And I can't do that now, but please join us this Saturday as we talk about it. So we're like the Jews. We don't have this automatic ticket, but we have the grace to get to heaven. Now, Jesus is the vine of God, and you must be branches always joined to him, not just on Sunday. Don't be just a Sunday Catholic. You know, growing up, it seemed like we turned the light switch on for our faith one hour on Sunday. But then the rest of the time, it wasn't on. And many families are like that. Now, here's where it gets interesting, because vines bear two kinds of branches. All right. So if you have a vine, there's two kind of branches, one that bears fruit and one That only has leaves but no fruit. Now, this is interesting. Now, if it grows wild on its own, all right, it may produce leaves instead of fruit. The problem is it starts to block the sun of the other branches. When there gets to be too many leaves, it blocks the light, the sun, the life giving light. So other branches become weak. They become. Um, weaken because they're not receiving enough light from the sun. Now, these branches do not bear fruit, so they're cut away. They're cut away so that they don't drain the strength from the other ones that did bear fruit. All right. This is what happens when we are a bad influence on others. When we're living a bad example. If the other impressionable young people see us and We're cohabitating or we're not going to mass and we're not practicing our faith or we're seen swearing and criticizing and gossiping. We're 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 shading the good other branches and eventually our Lord will give us a chance to correct that over and over or then he'll be forced to cut us down. And that's what happens. This also happens when we profess things that we don't practice. Or when we say words without the deeds to back them up. I can say I love you, but then I never act like it. So we may be Christians, but we may be useless branches. All leaves and no fruit. What is it? All leaves and no fruit make Jack a dull boy, right? We can't be like that. We darken the good. We bear no fruit and then our leaves darken the good because they're of ourselves. So... Here's what the message is. God is the vine and we must take our strength and energy from him, not ourselves. And we do this when we spend time with him. All right. We must pray about everything. People just don't realize the power of prayer because we don't see the actual mathematical connection. Sometimes it's like my mom, God bless all of you that are praying, have prayed for my mom. It's almost miraculous. It's almost miraculous. You know, my mom, she fell down the stairs. She was knocked unconscious. When she woke up, she didn't even know who we were. She asked me if I knew her son who was a priest. I was like, oh, mom, it's me. I'm your son. Then at the hospital, she fell again a second time and slammed her head onto the tile a second time. When I heard the fall and I heard her head hit, I was there in the room. I didn't know how my mom could survive. And now she's rebounded and she's talking really good. She's doing great. So proud of my mom. What a trooper. But I know that that comes from your prayers. I know that. That's why we are Marian helpers. That's why we pray for you guys too at every mass so that your family and your lives that are suffering and struggling, that that grace can be given to you too. Sometimes maybe not even in this life, but not to the next life to come. You may not see the fruit, well, Father, I'm a Marian helper, but my mom is still sick, or my son is still addicted to drugs, and my daughter is still estranged. Okay, but these graces from our prayers, from our masses, will bear fruit, maybe not at this moment, but will bear fruit in the future, maybe not even to the moment of their death. But that's when we need the fruit the most. And so don't get discouraged this is what we have to do we must pray we must read the bible we must get the sacraments we must obey our lord we cannot do his work if we separate ourselves from him and do it on our own then we would be like those useless branches with no fruit the only thing that could be done at that point with with us is to cut us off to cut us down and burn us you know the vine was, the branches were cut and those old branches, they were burned. That's judgment. That's our Lord telling us about the judgment. Everybody keeps, you know, when I did my talks last two Saturdays ago about death and I talked about the personal judgment, the general judgment, people wrote, you don't know this, Father. You don't know this. You're making things up. No, our Lord tells us. He doesn't necessarily specifically write it out in the scientific terms. This will happen and then this will happen. He does it in metaphor, but he's explaining right now there will be a judgment because those bad branches will be burned and the good ones, what happens to them? The good ones will be pruned and left. So remember, as Isaiah's song of the vineyard says, God is the gardener. And he may be forced to cut us down. So don't be that type of useless branch. All right. So I know I'm rambling here, but, but if I was to summarize this all in the main point, what is it? If you didn't get anything I said up until now, here's the main point. Jesus is the vine. And the father is the gardener or the vine dresser. And as the gardener, he wants an abundant harvest. So he cuts off the useless branches To be able to help the good branches so they're not blocking the light, sucking up the nutrients from the vine. Now remember, to those who have, and this is another passage that always confused me. The Bible says to those who have, even more will be given. And to those who have little, even that will be taken away. Whoa, wait a minute. That doesn't sound fair. That's why the Bible is not Based on socialism and communism. It is based on love and merit. So it says that those who have even more will be given. This is the good branches. They have fruit. So they will be given more. They'll be given more opportunity because the dead stuff that's blocking their light will be cut away. And to those who have little, such as the bad branches with no fruit, even what they have will be taken away. They will be cut down. And burned. Wow. If a branch bears no fruit, that's what'll happen. If it does bear fruit, it'll be left and pruned. So think about this. If it bears no fruit, it'll be taken away. If it bears fruit, it'll be left. This is the example opposite of what we hear about the rapture. The rapture always talks about the good will be taken away and the left will be behind. Scott Hahn says they have it backwards. The good will be left. It's like Noah. Who is the good people? Noah and his family. They were left behind. The bad were taken away. The rapture, they try to formulate, says that the good are taken away and the bad are left behind. Scott Hahn says it's the opposite. The good will be left. The bad will be taken away. All right. So now what happens? The branches that bear no fruit, as I said, are cut away and the good are left. What happens to the good? They're pruned. You've heard that term. I got to prune the branches. I never knew what that meant either. It meant to cut away the excess so that they could have more light and more nutrients for their, for the roots. This can hurt though, right? Because it causes suffering. Nobody likes to have, you should have seen my dog Rocky. I used to have a big yellow lab. I love that dog. He's one of the hardest things I had to give up to become a priest. And and giving up, people always laughed. They said, "Father, I, I think you had a tougher time giving up Rocky than, than your girlfriend." Well, I mean, no, but, but yeah, in a way, um, I loved that lab. He was, he was everything to me. And you should have seen him when his his nails would grow long. I would try to cut his nails. I would prune him. And he just would howl and you would think I was murdering this poor dog. And the neighbor came running over one time. I remember I was out with Rocky in the yard and I was trying to trim his fingernails. Oh, you know, he was just he was a mess. And sometimes we're like Rocky when our Lord prunes us, when he cuts those nails, we carry on. We, we, We think it's tragic, but it's for our own good. Once those nails were cut of Rocky, he could run better. You know, he wasn't getting his nails caught and biting his, his nails. It was better for him. He was pruned. This is what's happening. And so this can hurt and cause suffering and trials, but we're trimmed of what? Father fingernails? No. Selfishness. Self-centeredness. Comfort. Sloth. These improper things. It allows us to get even more light. We've been... All the junk around us has been cut away. Now we can get more of God's light. A greater good can come out of that, out of that suffering and pruning. I think it's fascinating. So which branch are you? Are you the one left or the one to be taken away? Are you the one that's good and bearing fruit that God will leave and prune? Or are you the bad one that's bearing no fruit and have to be taken away? The branch cannot bear fruit unless, by itself, unless it is connected to the vine, who is Jesus. Why? Here's where I want to finish. The vine produces or provides a life-giving sap to the branch. There's actually a sap that goes from the vine to the branch. This I was taught, and I think I read it in the Ignatius study Bible in the footnotes, is the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You've heard that term, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. This is because that sap from the vine, who is Jesus, gives us the sap, who's the spirit, feeds the branch so that it can produce fruit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, And that's another talk that I've had. See, this is all coming together. And so we see the whole Trinity in this one example. You see the gardener. The gardener is the one who makes everything happen. He plants the vine. Who's the gardener? The father. What does he give us? He gives us life through the vine. Who's the vine? The son. And that sun feeds us the branches through that sap that is the Holy Spirit. When you are open to that, you will bear fruit and a tree is known by its fruit. These scriptures and parables and metaphors of our Lord are incredible. If we just open our heart to receive the message that he wants to give us. This is why our Lord has the words to everlasting life.
1: Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy